0: You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong Podcast, presented by Steel Maggie. Episode number 32. Hey, beautiful creators. Real quick, if you did not listen to episode 31, which was part one of my interview with Louise Warren. This episode is part two and it starts pretty much smack dab in the middle of uh, the conversation. So for this to make any sense, please go ahead, stop this and listen to the first part. It's going to make way much more sense and it's going to follow exactly where it left off. All right see you on the other side that is you know a lot of times we really like to control you know it's like I got to control you know every you know for me it's I've been this is something this is a pattern that I've been you know doing I really feel the need to control people's opinions of me Mm. you know especially in you know um people that I am like you know like romantically like you know drawn to and it's like they have to think this way about me and I've done so many just kind of stupid things you know to like (laughs) for them to perceive me in some way you know and um it is first of all exhausting and it is not me anytime I'm in that space it is not me being me and, in growing. It's like, it's like, I'm just trying to like, I'm just trying to be a chameleon, you know, and it's, um, there's not really growth in that. It's just kind of like a
1: costume,
0: you know, and, um, I'm not being, you know, the best for that person or, you know, the best of me for myself, you know, and that is, um, that's a big pattern from WA. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's
1: something I struggled with too. And I think that that was, you know, part of what I call my anxiety breakdown, it should be like a breakthrough, like Brene Brown always says, like it wasn't a breakdown, it was a breakthrough. Um, But I think that that was a huge uh, part of that entire experience for me was that um, I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to check all the boxes and I wanted to be perfect in this relationship and never certified and never pick anything or, or be any quote unquote wrong way or be over emotional or show any scars or bruising from any other previous things that had happened mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. I wanted to be perfect and that is not possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's in a relationship,
1: not. you're not ever going to um ace a relationship that way. And you shouldn't. You should be 100% yourself and I think that a huge turning point for me accepting that part of myself is when I discovered um The attachment theory and books on attachment theory that really helped me kind of unpack what was going on with my anxiety around relationships, and it definitely talks about um, how your your upbringing or how your initial caregiver can affect um, how you show up in other relationships and how you want to show up in other relationships and how you receive love and how you give love sometimes. And for me, I was so used to being in this kind of codependent pattern with people where I really like, uh, leaned into what they needed and I checked on them and I didn't really, you know, of course I'm not going to show up as myself then because I'm trying to be there for them and I'm trying to show up as this perfect person that they need. And, and that's going to create so many breakdowns and break and inability to be able to be our full whole selves. Like you have to be able to be your full whole self in a relationship. Um, of course, or I mean, the other person's going to call your BS (laughs) pretty darn
0: fast. Oh my God. You just (laughs) said like my, one of my most early therapists when I was like 18, 19, I was just like, a mess, as we all are at eighteen, um, whether yes. we admit it or not. Oh God! Um, yes, she said. She <laughs> said you have to be. Um, a relationship is holes coming together, right?
1: Mm-hmm. You yes. can't
0: be fifty percent of you and then fifty percent of the other person. Yeah, you know, or or this starts to happen, you know, whether it's codependency or smothering, or you know, you just <laughs> it has to be whole, both of y'all have to be a hundred percent. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's at the the core of my work as a mm-hmm. coach. And that is at the core of my own healing work. Um, and everything I do, that's really what it's about is mm-hmm. I want to fill myself up and I want to be a whole person. A, and I, and I want to feel worthy as that whole person. I want to feel like I don't have to be perfect and I want to feel like I don't have to have any other perfect people around me. Everybody else naturally can be whole around me when I'm accepting of my own wholeness. You know, We know the people who just show up as themselves, and are bringing us the truth, no matter how good or bad, quote, quote, quote unquote, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> this truth may look like, like it can be as messy as it needs to be messy. And you need, everyone deserves that soft landing within themselves to know, okay, there's no shame around what I'm feeling. There's no shame around um, how I'm showing up right now. How do I want to respond versus how do I want to just react? Because I'm not tending to my emotions and I'm not tending to what I need right now, because the more that we ignore it, the louder the message gets. You know, it's it's one of those situations yeah. <laughs> yes. because it needs something. You know, it's it's not a want. Like your your mind is not saying, "I casually want this break right now." It's saying, "I need this." Like it's yeah. like a baby crying for their bottle, and if mm-hmm. you ignore it, that baby's just gonna cry louder and louder and more desperately, so that you can't ignore it. And that's how. Um, my healing journey really worked is that it got so loud. I couldn't ignore it. And the same for dealing with a chronic illness is like I was an overworker Mm -hmm. um, for sure. And the more that I ignored my body's needs, the louder that message got. So I definitely think that that's a huge part of it is like learning to tune in and hear, hear it when it's at its softest so that you don't let it get to the point where it's desperate
0: you explode.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like, yeah. it's like, you just, there's just like this, you know, um, yeah. I, that was, I'm sorry for everyone listening. That's sounded like I was retching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, it perfectly <laughs> describes the sensation though. Like that's, that is the
0: sensation. Just word vomit, you know, like you just explode on someone or right. like some, you just, Ill, or you implode, you know, and it's like, you just, things just, I, I start to dissociate, you know, and I don't feel anything anymore Mm. because it's just like, uh, you know, I was feeling so much and now it's, it just come to such a head that it's just like, I just go numb, you know, sometimes. Mm, Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's a big, you know, deal for me when I, you know, I've, I've recently experienced this where I, I was, um, you know, a little bit of trying when I mentioned, you know, the thing in, like, relationships, whether it's, like, like serious relationships or flings, you know, or whatever, you know, um, I need that approval because I've never really done, I've just, for, ever since I was 18, hopped from person to person, you know, yeah. and I've gone yeah. through, I've got, I've got a chain, you know, I've got a little, I've, got, I've been chain smoking, um, so, <laughs> chain smoking people. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, oh gosh, your metaphors are amazing, and using them up until using their validation up until mm. it's not enough, mm, and yeah. um, because I don't have that well, you know. Yeah. You talked about a vessel, you know, in our our, our pre convo. Um, so um, it was like you have to have that div like wellspring you know of self of self-worth and self-esteem and you can't you can't just use you know because it's gonna it's gonna take um more more and more the more you reach out for it you know from other people the more the the deeper the like the the void gets inside you know because you're not you're not building that up and so um I had to make a decision to cut that off, you know, and it wasn't, it was relatively recent, it wasn't, um, it wasn't easy, because, Mm. um, I mean, just for multiple reasons, but um, the reason why, the, the, the the trigger for me was, I was, I was noticing that I was so irritated, Mm. like, I was just, anything would set me off, and I was just pissed off in my life just like constantly. And you know, yeah. um I take, you know, I take I take a medication for um bipolar disorder called lamictal It's actually an anti-seizure medication, but um for like it was originally yeah. but it helps yeah. with bipolar. And um there's this thing called lamictal rage, but it only happens it's it's not it's on and off. You know, so yeah. it's it has always happened. It's like very occasional. But um I, so I knew it wasn't that, because it was, like, you know, and I knew yeah. it wasn't, like, like, mania, kind of, like, it, you can get, like, um, but, uh, you know, I knew it wasn't that, because that's also occasional. It was all the time. It was just, like, this, like, low-flying, mm-hmm, like you know, yeah. um, yeah, so, um, I knew that, and I love when you said, you know, you have to pay attention to when it's quiet, and, um, or else it's going to start
1: screaming. Absolutely absolutely you know? and it's yeah. like our inner selves are like a, a water pitcher you know when yeah. that water pitcher is empty it's empty you're not getting any more water <laughs> like you got to fill it back up it's like we we use a filter pitcher in my house. So that's what I'm thinking of. Cause I'm really bad at filling it. Um, <laughs> Oh
0: my <laughs> God. That is like my pet peeve at my house. I'm like,
1: Fill it. <laughs> I I really bad at it. um, it's because it's partially because I have a chronic illness where like any moment on my feet can be uncomfortable. Sometimes it's okay. like, it's a yeah. pastoral thing. Yeah. So, um, so anytime on my feet, I'm, I'm like racing to the kitchen to get water some days, if it's really bad, most days I'm good. But, um, But yeah, so your inner self is like that. If it's empty, it's empty. Like you cannot continue to create from a place of emptiness because creativity in and of itself is very input-output. When you think about how it comes about, we're experiencing life. That's all this input. Everything you go through, it's input. Every time that you take a day for yourself, that's input. You know, all of that is kind of filling up this well. And when you're giving of your creative self, that's pouring it out. And if you are pouring it out, uh, either in chasing the business end of it or the creative end of it and you're writing and writing and writing and creating or you're showing up for our, your other job or you're doing all of these things um, to push the needle forward and hustling like you're talk- like you talked about earlier, that is completely just one-sided. That's just pouring and pouring and pouring this pitcher out. And if you never take the time to fill it back up, if you never give yourself a break just to experience life and really re-energize yourself, um, then you're not going to have as much uh, to give. You're going to be pouring out droplets rather than gushing water, like (laughs) and you deserve to be creatively fueled and energized and excited. Flowing. Yeah. Right, flowing. Absolutely. And it's totally a flow. And that's something that I had to do for myself earlier this year. Is just kind of take a break from playing out. Just take a break, cut it off for a couple of months and really just focus on myself. Focus on experiencing life again. And lo and behold, my writing started to improve again. My writing started to re-energize because I wasn't tiring myself out. And when you have any kind of chronic illness, any kind of chronic situation going on, this applies even more for you because like we talked about in our pre-convo about spoon theory, where, you know, you wake up with so many spoons. If you have to feed yourself, clothe yourself, make sure you're, you're, you know, taken care of in other ways. Um, then that's going to affect what you're able to give. It's going to affect what shows up for you um, mm-hmm. in that moment. So I think that you know it's even more applicable for people who deal with any kind of chronic issue to master the art of listening when it's quiet, filling that that well back up, and being self supportive. Being self supportive is such is is the hundred percent the work. <laughs> You know, (laughs) it's like being your own cheerleader. Yeah. Be your own cheerleader, be your own person, be, be all of that for yourself. Then, like you said, you're bringing that whole person to all of your situations, not just relationships, but to your creativity, to everything you're doing.
0: I have a quote that I heard, um, from a, a life coach or a life coach. Um, I don't know if you know about Brooke Castillo. She's like, I mentioned her like so many times, but she's amazing. Um, she's like a multimillionaire. Um, so she's kind of, she's kind of like, oh my God. She's a big deal. Yeah. She's a big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah. But she said something in her podcast, um, ask yourself every day, what, how yourself, what can I, how can I support you? Mm, yeah. How can I support you? And you yeah. said you have to be your biggest supporter, you know, it's like, that is such a, a, such a, um, simple question, but you really, um, I've been asking myself that today because it's like, sometimes we just really, really just fight against ourselves. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, when we, um, we, um, I think it's about, it's about about word choice. And that's kind of what mind made wrong is about is that we make our, ourselves feel like our mind is made wrong through all these, these word choices that we use to describe ourselves and our situations. And then when we step back and see it as circumstance and we see it as something that is occurring and it's not our fault. And we're not oh. using, this is a horrible thing, or this is, this is, this, this is, I am devastated. We, we take, we die back. Cause it's so easy as artists to be like, we use a lot of words and we use like, we, the more descriptive that we are, you know, the more um, evocative, right? Mm-hmm, um, yeah. But when it comes to um, having a healthy emotional life, um, it really has to be about um, separating yourself um, from the things that are happening to you and knowing that they are not you. Yeah. You know, they are not, this is not all, this is something that is happening. Mm -hmm. This is something that is occurring. This is something that is present in my life, you know, when it comes to your, your chronic illness, but it is not me and it doesn't define Mm me. It's just something that is part of what I experience in the world. And you're not judging it you're, you're just, you're just moving through it, you know, day by day. Yes. Yeah. So, um, it's not that you're made wrong. It's not that anything it's some, we just kind of like to, to spin, we kind of like to spin it, you know, in a way that is, um, uh, I want to say it's not like wallowing, but it's like, this is how I'm feeling. And this is, this is, it's very easy to go into that, especially when we suffer with either mental illnesses or things. So that's part of my work is that I like to, um, detach, you know, yeah. or like just kind of, um, unravel that ball, you know, and that's a big part of that question. How can I support myself today is, Absolutely. um, I'm not going to what I can do. A lot of times, my answer is I'm not going to beat myself up today. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm not. I'm going to take. Okay, I'm yeah. going to see myself as separate from my circumstances. You know, mm. so that's that's what that's about.
1: So yes, you just you said the yourself. word support,
0: support yeah. yourself, and I was like, <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we can rip off of each other. So well. I love this about this conversation. Like we can take it. And, directions because we both like are so passionate about this and i love um that you said that that's separate my my feeling and my philosophy on that is that that separate self is worthy no matter what's going on with this stuff over here and that's something i've always been really adamant about with my creativity and with my writing is that my self-worth is here and my songwriting is over here you know, it's a skill, and I'm going to constantly be up and down with it. I'm going to constantly grow. Same with a lot of the things that we are doing—healing work around. It's not that it's really broken and torn, and we have to heal it and put a bandaid mm-hmm. over it. It's really more so—it's a muscle. Mm-hmm. And I think that people don't realize that sometimes is that they're feeling, however they're feeling in their life, and they're not realizing, okay, well, I've never set these boundaries before. Mm-hmm. I've never said, you know it's okay to spend this money on myself to go to therapy or hire a coach. You know, I've never, I've never done this before. So this is going to be a little harder of a workout (laughs) for my muscles because they're growing and they're developing. And I think that there's so much value in realizing that um, in having a, a growth mindset rather than seeing things as fixed, you, you know, it's not, eternally always going to be this way you can grow and you can improve and you can develop alongside all of this same as you can develop the skill of writing develop the skill of songwriting develop how to promote your career develop how to do all of these things you get better with time and that's the beauty of all of this is that the more you lean into that work and you show up for the process, the better you're going to get. Even if it doesn't feel like that, even if you're having like a two-step back kind of day, mm-hmm. like you showing up, is it getting better? You being a part of this process, is it getting better? Like, because there might've been a time where you wouldn't show up. Mm-hmm. And just being present and open to receiving what, what could transform from this work, whether it's personal work or creative work, that's the first step. And that's really all the steps. It's just being open and allowing Mm -hmm. it to come to you. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. You were talking about, you know, in our preliminary conversation um, about burnout and how you recognized, um, you know, uh, because it's it's something that musicians, especially touring, you know, musicians experience um, a lot and how you recognized that was there, and you said you went through, like, a period of, Mm -hmm. um, of months where, um, you were burnt out, and I want to know how you recognize that, um, and, um, also, I, before I forget, because this was such a beautiful story, um, so if you remember it, and I remember it, we will get into it, but, um, you had this show after your dad's passing, um, where Mm. you were talking about, um, I know we were taking, it ties in because you were taking that time, you know, because if you would like, just like been gigging, gigging, gigging still, that would have been like the worst case of like burnout after that event, you know, um, emotionally just would have been just bad, you know? So, um, if we could, you know, kind of, yeah, that in a little bit,
1: definitely with the case of My father's passing and and getting back into playing again. Um, I did it pretty soon. Mm -hmm. I did it like a couple of months after. And I even think I had a gig the next month. And I canceled the one uh, that was on that month. But I I didn't want to give up this one particular show because it was one of the biggest shows I had ever been asked to do. And I just had this strong feeling that my dad wouldn't want that for me and wouldn't want me to to say no to it, even though I was right. in a super vulnerable place. But I think what I learned through that process that is that you don't it doesn't have to be a solid yes or no. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's more of adjusting the way that you do something. Right. So for me, the way that I supported myself through wanting to do this, but being in a super vulnerable Place was I hired the right people. So I hired a vocal coach to work with me on this one song for a couple of weeks just to like have that extra support. And I spoke to a lot of my friends and family about it, and I was super supportive in how I gave myself that opportunity. Um, And when I got up on the stage, I dedicated it to him. And I don't think I would have been able to do it if I hadn't gone into that entire situation knowing exactly how I wanted to do it. So I feel like a lot of the time it's how you do something, not whether or not you do something. So for me, that relates heavily to the burnout Mm -hmm. because it was how I was doing it, how I was going about with my shows and how I was going about with uh, my writing. There was a lot of pressure that I put on myself to continue to play and be consistent with my schedule and keep going and going and going because we are taught that, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rack up as many songs as you can, rack up as many gigs as you can, keep going. Like, even if you had a terrible one, keep going, keep touring, keep, you know, doing all the things, keep pursuing this. And I truly got to a point where I'm like, this feels wrong so many times in a row. I know I need to take a step back. Because it was just one gig after another that didn't feel right, even if it went well to the outside world, um, which some of them did. And some of them went horribly wrong. <laughs> some of them were like some of my worst shows i would had in a really long time. But the signal internally was the same, was that something doesn't feel right here. Mm-hmm. And either I could judge that as like, you know, I'm going to give this up. This isn't right. This is yes or no, black and white. Which for a while in there, my first automatic reaction was like, oh, well, maybe I should just quit. But then I realized there was what was truly going on with me was it wasn't that I wanted to give it up. I desperately needed to change how I was pursuing it because this means so much to me. I throw it all in. I right. throw every bit of myself into it. Mm-hmm. But I realized that I needed to practice what I was preaching and give to myself you know, the gift of time to process in a quieter way, in a more private way with my music. And I think, you know, you see almost every musician out there, they have a cycle, you know, they have a a touring cycle, they have a creation cycle, there's a cycle there. And I think that there's a danger when you're um, an independent musician of not ever taking the time off. Whereas if you're with a label or you have other people involved with this, aspect of pushing your business, you usually have someone saying, well, you know, we're on break until then, and we can't support you as your team until then. Or, I mean, they need the break. So it's scheduled in somehow. Whereas when you are doing your own things and you're independent or an entrepreneur, there is a risk there that you just keep going and going and going like the Energizer bunny, but you can't keep going. Like we've already said, like you can't, you've got to give yourself Time that you need, and every single time I've reached that point in my life where it wasn't feeling right, and I pulled back and I gave myself that time to like to you know fulfill my needs, I've always come back with my best set of songs in X amount of months or X amount of years or like my best set of shows since then. And it's not always going to be that cut and dry, Mm -hmm. but I think that the process is truly requiring that input output. Mm -hmm. And changing the way that you see things and the way that you show up. The way that you do something is sometimes more important than whether or not you're doing it. You know, if you're, there's so many different ways to pursue creativity and to live your life. The way that you do something is your own personal imprint and you deserve to make it yours and you deserve to make it work for you.
0: Yes. I, I, that kind of speaks to, that really does speak to me because it's like, sometimes it's like, well, am I going to do this? Am I going to not? And you get stuck in Mm -hmm. that decision land where it's like, (laughs) just, just just figure, figure out like a comp, you know, it's like a compromise, you know? And as you know, as a individual with bipolar, um, I'm all extremes. Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's weird. It's, it's difficult to be like, oh Yeah. yeah, well, there is a middle ground. I don't know what that is. Um, so yeah, I really, I really like that. Um, I'm going to use that. That is, um, I'm just thinking about it now. And I'm like, huh, I've got so, a couple things that I'm kind of like on the fence about, but like, maybe I could, um, adjust, you know, and I love that you asked for that help because you said that, um, at that show, um, uh, after, you know, your dad, that, um, people came up to you and they were, ex- they were experiencing grief too and they were so mm, yeah. just grateful that you had played that song and that you had shared that mm. story. So um, it was really important that you did do the thing, you know, you did, you did, you chose to do it in your way, you know, yeah. and you, and you, um, you compromised for it and you left, like you said, you left your imprint. Absolutely. Mm,
1: And we have the ability to, as creative people, to transform our experiences into art. And I think that in sharing my experience that way um, and transforming my pain that I was feeling into the song that I was singing and in the moment that I was creating with the audience, it allowed this safe space, this co-created safe space for them to be seen. And it's like you said, there were people who told me that they almost didn't come out of their house that night because they were going through something similar and grieving. And when we transform things into art, wow. I mean, the thing about it is people look at, look at what we're doing and they see a reflection of themselves because yeah. we're not all that different. We really are not. And we all go through different experiences that lead us down to similar feelings you know even if our experiences aren't identical a lot of us know what it's like to go through loss a lot of us know what it's like to go through grief a lot of us know what it's like to um be in that space where nothing feels right and even if we don't experience it the same way we don't have the exact same situation going on we have that that shared humanity, and art gives the space to to really come together and to feel that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. how beautiful! Like that, your yeah. pain can transform into a vehicle for somebody else to acknowledge and heal. To heal, like, yeah. How beautiful is that? The, yeah. And that's magic. Like uh-huh. that's really truly magic. That's
0: like the, that's like the actual. You know, that's the that's the elixir. Yes. <laughs> that's so that's yes. that's the, that's that's the ether. That's that's the universe. <laughs>
1: I can feel yeah. more Harry Potter than anything else in my life, like <laughs> more Hermione Granger than anything else in yes. my life. Able yep. to um, to take my pain, put it into a song, share that song with somebody, have them go, oh, wow, I felt that exact same way. And I'm like, wait, you did? Wow. Mm-hmm. This connection that we have, we're all connected and, and being on the, the same planet at the same time. I mean, how crazy is that that we are. I write that on my music website too and um at first I was like this might be a little quirky and they might not get it but This I might be woo-woo. <laughs> yeah. be like, they're just gonna have to endure my woo woo-ness. Um but <laughs> but yeah, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say that they really liked that I wrote that on there because it I I said on there that um how crazy is it that we're on the planet at the same time and experiencing this thing called life at the same mm. time and going through the ups and downs and the emotional roller coaster that is, you know, this that experience. Is,
0: that is what well, yeah. we experience, a human experience. Yeah.
1: yeah. And yeah. that's the thing about being an artist and claiming your creativity because I believe everyone's creative. I don't believe that that's something that is distinguished to the elite few. Mm. I believe absolutely everybody can be creative in their lives. Like, I think an engineer is highly creative. Yeah. Person. And I think a doctor can be highly creative. I think that it just and how not they, they do their practice, yeah. Exactly. It's all in yeah. how you do something. That's what makes it hey. uh, that imprint <laughs> for you. It's it's all in how you do something and what uh what perspective you're having with it. Um any original thought is creative thought, you know, and any mm-hmm. expressive thought is creative thought. And I think that, you know, it's really remarkable that we can wake up and take our lives decide to matter decide to transform the world in which we see just by sitting down with a pen and a piece of paper like how cool is that that is magic
0: that's my quote that's what, you, this is like this last like 10 minutes has been like <laughs> bananas <laughs> just like oh my <laughs> Just bing 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 bing, like that's it. That's one. That's one. Just got a little, some some apples on a tree.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was thinking, um, how do you use your creativity in your coaching? Oh my um, gosh. How yeah? How do you use that, and how do you um really uh instill work on um work with your clients in instilling this self-love and self-worth, um, in with, by using creativity.
1: So the cool thing about coaching is it's all a process to guide my clients back to their inner truth and their own inner knowing. So one of the cool ways that I can use creativity with that that comes up so often is how many different ways can I guide them back to themselves? (laughs) <laughs> because that's yeah. really the the work is it's a very self guided process, and it's just I'm I'm allowing myself to be the mirror for their situation and their process, and I'm bounce they're allowed to bounce things off of me, so really um, the creative work there is how many different ways can I show them their own reflection? Mm-hmm. How many different ways can I hold up this mirror and show them what they're really saying back to me, and and how they're. Um, how they can tweak things, you know. It's I do offer suggestions in my work. I know some coaches do, some coaches don't. Um, so for me, it's like how many different ways can I brainstorm for their own well-being? They just express to me, you know. So say I have a client that really wants to go on tour, and they've never done that before, and they don't know how to do it. So they they say like. I really want to do this tour. I've always wanted to go on tour. All my friends are on tour, um, but I don't know how to do it. So I, so I asked them like, okay, well, how did this person that, you know, how did they do it? How did they um, start this entire process? How did they do that? So we kind of brainstormed together creative ways to make their dreams a reality and make what, whatever they're seeking or reaching through coaching a reality um, it's brainstorming it's um, it's brainstorming at its highest frequency because you're working right. together on a similar goal, whether they're even aware that's where the the arrow is pointed it's always pointed back to what do they need, what are they calling forth in their life what are they wanting to create in their life so I truly believe that any kind of like emotional change in your life or any kind of healing work that you're doing in your life is innately creative because it's constantly asking different ways to wear the hat. (laughs) It's constantly asking like different ways to tweak things in your life. And we have this entire creative field that is our life. You know, we have all of the resources that we have. We have the place that we live. We have the people that we know. All of these things can be different paint colors. And how I work with my clients is I show them, okay, well, this is your layout. What if we put blue right there? And -hmm. they come back in with some red. And then I put in some yellow. And we have this beautiful abstract piece of work at the end of it. But we each took time, mostly them, I want it to be their work of art. And I want them to feel so so seen and heard and so part of like the guiding force of the creative control that is this you know their their work of art which is their life
0: discovering how to support themselves
1: yeah they're the one that gets to veto my blue (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) so they get to say no i didn't roll that blue it doesn't fit yeah but we're working together so i'm just Mm -hmm. really a team member of their life to help them bring their own creative vision and what they need what they desire to fruition that's how i see it
0: one more question for y'all: um, How have you created beautiful things in 2019, and how do you how how do how would you like to continue to create? What are your plans to create beautiful things in 2020? Absolutely. Since we're in like mid November, uh, yeah.
1: How did that um, happen? <laughs> how did that year work out for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the most beautiful thing that I created uh, this year were the deep shifts in my life, I would say, and creating space so mm-hmm. that I could create again in a way that felt good for me. I would actually have to say that that's very intangible. But that's it's okay. My, my best creation uh, this year was creating space to grow and to to do life in a different way than I had been. And from that, I poured back into my songwriting. So those are the beautiful things I'm proud of this year. I think for next year, because I did create this space, I am itching to get back into the studio and record my next project and itching to work with more clients and work with them however they need to, to you know, work on their lives and their creative work of their lives and their creativity. So I think, those are some exciting things for next year. I want to be uh, a little bit busier. I want to crank up the dial a bit.
0: <laughs> Without burnout. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But you
1: can, you can crank it up yeah. and still have your herbal tea right beside you. <laughs> yeah. And your
0: you're, you're over- well,
1: wellspring. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 You, can, you can do it in a way that works for you. And I think that in discovering that way this year, I'm, gonna, I'm laying this healthy foundation for next year to be able to crank it up again in a way that works for me. Mm-hmm. Continuing, I love I love
0: the phrase. I I've been try, I'm trying to use this a little bit more. Continuing to um, recognize that your life itself is a work of art, and um, mm, yeah. continuing through that.
1: Absolutely. absolutely, that is at the core of my belief system. Yeah. Our mm-hmm. lives are our masterpieces. You know.
0: Please, Louise. Thank you so much for this interview. This has been absolutely bananas brilliant, oh, um, mangoes, amazing, strawberries, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so I just, those are, those have been my favorite fruits, you know, so I love those. They're, um, they, they're, 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 they're lovely. Um, they're the best. Yeah. So um, just, just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes I just lose Dang. my words and I become speechless Dang. when like an interview is just like so potent. Um, so I want you to, I mean, I'm sure everyone is, lov- is, is lovely. Everyone is lovely. Um, but everyone, everyone is astounded and, and inspired, and they want to know where we can find you.
1: Please remind us again. Absolutely. So, you can find um, my creative coaching work and life coaching work at raregym.org. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can find um, all of my socials. I'm Rare Gym Coach on most things. So, uh, if you type that into Facebook or Instagram, you'll find me there. Um, and then for my music, it's Louisewarnmusic.com. And you can, again, find all my socials underneath that as yep. well. And I think we're going to link them as well. Louise yep. Warren Music. So mm-hmm. thank you I, so much for having
0: course, me. <laughs> of course, of uh, course, of course. So thank you. Thank you, my listeners. Thank you. Thank so you, so thank you um, for listening to this episode of Mind Made Wrong. Um, I am just so thrilled that I have y'all. That's just another, I'm just going to be using that all day and that's it. Um, If you found value from this episode, if you found value in what Louise does, please follow her, please visit her. She'll change your life. She's already kind of changed mine in this moment. Um, So, and if you also found value, please share it with another beautiful creator you know. If you listen to this on a platform where you're able to leave a review via Apple Podcasts, via Google Podcasts, Google Play, whatever, whatever. Please leave me a divine rating and review because that is such a gift to me. Um, it helps me spread the word to um, this message to um, more and more and more people. Um, so I will see you next week for another brilliant episode of Mind Made Wrong. But until then, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> bye. 哈哈哈 <laughs> <laughs>